Hello and welcome to Punch a Hole in the Wind, a look at some of the great thoroughbred racehorses who have graced our racetracks all around the world over the last century or so. I'm Ollie Hine, and it's great of you to join me on this exciting trip down memory lane. My aim is to both remind you of some of your heroes from years gone by, but also to introduce you to some others whom you may not be so familiar with. Today, we're going to the turf of Great Britain and the early 1970s. Whilst racing has increasingly been the preserve of not just the rich, but the very, very rich, just occasionally an out-and-out -out champion appears who completely bucks that trend. And one such horse was Brigadier Gerard. For most champions these days, it must be said, have regal breeding, which in turn means some eye-watering sums were spent to bring them into existence in the first place. While £250 is clearly not a large sum now, frankly, neither was it in 1967, when amateur rider and breeder John Hislop, armed with that paltry sum, sent his mare, La Paiva, who had never won, to Queen's Hussar, a decent racer, but hitherto an underwhelming sire. They produced Brigadier Gerard, and his stunning record in the early 1970s shows perhaps better than any horse, just how much a big dollop of chance is involved in this sport. Trained by Dick Hearn and always ridden by Joe Mercer, he ran four times as a two-year-old, progressing from a maiden to the Group 1 Middle Park Stakes and winning each more comfortably and stylishly than the last. That he wasn't favourite for the next spring's 2000 guineas was for no other reason than 1970 saw perhaps the best crop of two-year-olds ever seen in the country. Top was My Swallow, undefeated in seven, including four Group 1s in France. Then came Mill Reef, who was winning all manner of other big races by large distances and had only just been pipped by My Swallow in the Prix Robert Papin at Maison Lafitte after a terrible cross-channel journey to get there. What a joy it must have been to have gone racing in 1970 on Europe's courses, with these outstanding juveniles tearing it up. Brigadier Gerard, meanwhile, had no warm-up race for that 2,000 guineas, and started as third favourite as Newmarket that day, in what many consider the best quality guineas field in its history. My Swallow and Mill Reef again battled out closely in the final two furlongs, suggesting that they were running up to form. The difference was, at the finishing line, Brigadier Gerard was three lengths ahead of both of them, having unleashed a devastating turn of foot and bolted up in the last furlong. Over a mile, both that day and in the future, he was unbeatable, although Mill Reef clearly wanted and needed further. Mercer was almost scared when he jumped off afterwards. My God did he pick up, he uttered. John Hislop and his wife Jean in whose purple silks the brigadier always ran, were extra happy, as it more than upheld their decision to keep their special colt after they had turned down a £250,000 offer for him in the latter part of the previous year. A glorious summer and autumn ensued, the brigadier taking on peers and older horses alike, over a mile and always at Group 1 level, at Royal Ascot, Glorious Goodwood and more. He would never again start at odds against, despite the quality of the competition, and that year the result was always the same. He won. 
sometimes leading from the front, other times streaking from behind, sometimes on firm ground, sometimes in the mud. He trounced his rivals in the Sussex Stakes, winning by five lengths from far away sun. The Queen Elizabeth Stakes was a cakewalk, and in the Goodwood Mile, he put ten lengths between himself and Gold Rod. Finally, Hislop decided that he could be tested over ten furlongs in the champion stakes back at Newmarket, where in shocking weather and horrid ground, he just beat rarity. The jury was out about whether it was his distance, although Connections ultimately had no such concerns. They believed he was just tired after a very long season. There was an interesting coda to the season, though, when the votes for the horse of the year went largely to Mill Reef rather than the Brigadier, even though the latter had won well in their only meeting. Whilst the acceptance that Mill Reef was clearly better over middle distances was a factor, one also suspects that voters were still more susceptible to the exotic background of Mill Reef when compared to the anything but glamorous Brigadier Gerard. Whatever the reasoning, the dream for the public now was for the champion miler Brigadier Gerard to meet the best 12 furlong horse Mill Reef over the intermediate distance of 10 furlongs. The eclipse stakes the following summer had been earmarked. Brigadier Gerard, as was so often the way, may have been even better at four. Bloodless victories in the Lockinge stakes and Westbury stakes kicked off his season, before he pulverised Steel Pulse by five lengths in the Prince of Wales stakes at Royal Ascot in course record time. That, for Mercer, was his mount's greatest day, but not for the most obvious reasons. As he recalled later, I'd been involved in a light aircraft accident two days before. I was in a lot of pain, and the big fella did it all for me. I'm convinced the horse knew I wasn't feeling well. He never put a foot wrong the whole way. But the showdown in the eclipse never happened, with Mill Reef having injured himself in training. The Brigadier won regardless, in workmanlike fashion, before being tested over the 12 furlongs of the King George and Queen Elizabeth stakes, and against top-quality challengers. It was clearly not his distance, and he hung right towards the end, but a patient ride from Mercer, not to mention the horse's brilliance, saw him win by a length and a half from Parnell. He was all-conquering and seemed truly invincible. The next stop was the newly inaugurated Benson and Hedges Gold Cup over an extended ten furlongs at York's Ebor meeting, facing top three-year-olds Roberto and Rheingold, with Mill Reef still being injured. But that day, the impossible happened, and the Brigadier was beaten for the only time. Roberto had just won the Epsom Derby from Rheingold under a possessed ride from Leicester Piggott, but then flopped in the Irish Derby. He was utterly unpredictable. Consequently, at York, Piggott ditched him for Rheingold. Roberto's owner, John Galbraith, despite the options available to him locally, persuaded trainer Vincent O'Brien to fly over one of the top jockeys in the US, Panamanian Braulio Baeza, to take just this one ride. On rock-hard ground, Baeza rode Roberto like he had never been ridden before, charging from the gates and playing catch-me-if-you-can. And the brigadier couldn't, coming up three lengths short. A distraught Mercer claimed that his mount was ill, 
with mucus dripping out of his nose later that day. But in fact, the evidence didn't really stack up. He had thrashed Rheingold and Goldrod by the same distance as he had previously, and actually beaten the course record himself. It was just that Roberto ran a freakish, outlier race that he would never get close to repeating. John Hislop's wife Jean was heard to utter, Roberto must have been stung by a bee, although it was hard to work out if she was being frivolous or catty. But all the Brigadier's connections were undoubtedly crestfallen. Baeza's tactics deserved a lot of the credit, and perhaps acted as something of an eye-opener to the British jockeys, more used to pacing a race differently and adopting a different style to the US crouch. That said, Mercer himself was universally regarded as one of the most stylish British jockeys of the century. Nevertheless, with the crowd stunned that their 3-1 on favourite had been dispatched by the 12-1 unloved Roberto, with one reporter even calling him an upstart villain for deigning to defeat the king, there was another victor that day, York Racecourse. With such a high-profile start, their new 10.5 furlong mid-August race now called the Judd Monty International, has grown to become a centrepiece of British racing. Picking himself up, the Brigadier returned for a second crushing victory in the Queen Elizabeth II stakes at Ascot, in a huge course record, despite missing the break. Beforehand, in the paddock, owner Hislop asked Mercer what his planned tactics were for the day. A steely Mercer replied, I'm going to go out there and break the track record. And he did. He then rounded off his career with another champion stakes, comfortably defeating Riverman. He was still utterly awesome. Despite his unfashionable pedigree, Brigadier Gerard still managed to produce a St. Ledger winner at stud, but he was never going to light up the stallion scene as he had the racecourse. By the end of his career, his official rating with some organisations was the highest achieved by any British horse in the 20th century, and no one ever felt the need to really question it. To find out more about Brigadier Gerard and other greats from the past, check out my book, Punch a Hole in the Wind, out now and available online and in bookshops. Next time, we'll go to a different part of the world and explore the exploits of another great horse from another era who could punch a hole in the wind. But until then, this is Ollie Hine signing off and saying thank you for listening.